My favorite thing she does is she'll um she'll sneeze and just let out an emph- emphatic hey, and then that's it. It's not a cry. It's just Hachoo. hey. My my baby is Otis. Is what I'm saying. My baby came out of the womb like pretty lady. Oh, he mom. <laughs> Pretty mom! Pretty mom! And then she did the worm and fucking elbow dropped the doctor. I. Oh, That's fuck. the cold opening right there. I want you to know that. No, my baby's that. Vince McMahon. She's mad at herself for sneezing. She's like, it's weakness. Welcome to Fight Boys, the show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty Moore. You changed a full diaper yesterday. You're not the bad boy of shit. (laughs) No, he is the bad boy of shit. He changed that diaper. Yeah, I changed that shit diaper. He didn't change it all cool. He wasn't wearing a leather jacket. He wasn't... He wasn't uh, Joey Janela about it. I'm I almost positive I changed corpse. a diaper and a leather jacket yesterday. I'm almost positive I did. Shut up, I'm introducing myself. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the desiccated corpse of Blake Tanner that was once the living being that is now dead and forever shall be. But I still have to do this podcast. Well, what it was is we lost you on the roof of that Las Vegas hotel, and we couldn't find you. But then we saw the mattress, and we were like, oh, Blake's on the roof. And then Mike Tyson's tiger was there. (laughs) Well, last week it was... Mike Tyson Tyson punched Scotty. It was the best thing ever. (laughs) Yep. Last week I actually had to... I was just walking home. Yeah. I had to walk home from Nevada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won like three lotteries. Oh, and also uh, Dylan is here, and uh, wrestling happened, and the only wrestling that I know of that really happened, Dylan's the only person qualified to talk about. So, Dylan, can I be in the G1? That's all you really have to do now is just be like, can I be in? I <laughs> Put mean, me in, coach. Are we going to be in the G1? The, 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 so this weekend is when they announce the, uh, they announce the blocks. Yeah. And, like, you joke about that, but all the people who said they want in are really fucking good at wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a shitty wrestler came out and was just like, it wasn't like, feed me the G1. Because the people that have called out and been like, I want to be in the G1 are Shingo Takage. Yep. Will Ospreay. Kenta yes. and John fucking Moxley. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, we're in good hands. Yeah, we're, we're we're doing good there. We're doing we're doing great. Uh, also, Dean Ambrose has abducted a young lion. <laughs> and it's like his valet. Yeah, um, I love how he's just like I have defeated you. I'm not sure if you're actually dead or not, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna weekend at Bernie's you till you wake back up. It was the best. He was like, "Here, hold my belt. You're gonna need to do a lot of things." Drops him on the floor. He's like, "I may have lost a multi-million dollar contract with WWE, but I gained a son. So really, it's an even win there." So, so the thing is, is that while that is an amazing like post-match promo, like one of Dean's best like crazy man promos. It actually is an ingenious move 
in order to give him someone to tag with during all the off days of the G1 Climax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he's not going to team with, like, the New Japan guys because he just beat the shit out of Juice Robinson. And, like, he's not going to join any of the factions because he's an AEW guy. Mm-hmm. So by having him... Because I was because when they announced he was wrestling the opening match as the United States champion against a young lion, I was just like, what the actual <laughs> kind of bullshit <sighs> disrespect and then he had a really good match with Shota and then there was that afterwards and I was like it's all coming together God my god I got worked Gato you clever bastard <laughs> Oh also um Naito and Kota Ibushi aren't allowed to be in the same block of the G1 uh, because at this point, I'm convinced they're just trying to murder each other like one yes. of them wants to pull a Mazawa and just die in the ring but like way sooner See, my favorite thing... restraining orders against each other's necks at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, my I saw favorite... the gif of Ibushi getting... I didn't watch that like, match because I... Oh, I, my God. His... I stopped... I stopped watching because I didn't want to see this match because this is this will be like the ninth time I've seen Ibushi versus Naito or something. <laughs> yeah. If you count, like, the tag matches. And then I saw it once live yeah. where Ibushi German Naito onto his neck. Um, it was rough. Like, mm-hmm. that just... And guys, you're not bringing match. up the point. It was on the uh, hardest part of the apron. So I mean, that would. But no, and then and then Chris Jericho like healed it up after the show, which the, it was a very American ending with a very Japanese company, and it yeah. went over really weird. See, my favorite just... thing about Jericho now is the fact that every other iteration of Jericho, you could kind of under you could pitch his gimmick. And be like, oh, yeah, he's just kind of like this obnoxious over-the-top rock star. Or he's this suited, higher-than-thou kind of guy. I don't know what the fuck he is now. He's just like a Hot Topic swear boy who loves saying fuck a lot. No, no, so if somebody, somebody, I saw it, like, mentioned in a comment. He's playing, like, the the past-is-prime wrestler as the past-is-prime wrestler. Oh, that's really smart. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Because when you see him in the ring, he's so, become a brawler. He's not the technician he was for like two and a half decades. Like he's just like yeah. clearly like he's rockying this. <laughs> he doesn't have Apollo Creed skill, so he's like he's just in there brawling, like making it a making it a <clears throat> dirty street fight, and like doing things his way yeah and also like it's making sense with the way he's cutting promos because instead of like cutting an intelligent well thought out okada promo he's instead being like you're the rainmaker well i'm the pain maker okay you're you're omega well i'm an alpha i'm the alpha you're john cena i'm gene cena and then he comes out in gene simmons face paint I thought you meant he was just going to come out in full jeans instead of <laughs> Just nothing but denim from head to toe. My favorite. Happy fucking championship. It made no sense, but it's still <laughs> the dopest thing he's ever said. Uh, no, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty good. But the matches actually on the card were really, really yeah. well well done. The, uh, the Dragon Lee versus fucking Will Ospreay match was... Goddamn amazing. Um, and Will Ospreay continues to prove that he actually has had his DNA fused with that of like a house cat. Yeah. <laughs> He's a house because cat. Because there's no way. You saw, you saw the gif where, where Dragon Lee did the like, like, like hurdle the top rope into a Hurricane Rana off the apron, right? 
and Will Ospreay just sticks the fucking landing. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is Will Ospreay's <laughs> new gimmick. Will Ospreay's new gimmick is I am going to, like, toss you, flip you, whatever, and then you're going to somehow land on your goddamn feet. Mm-hmm. And he planted, like, he planted solid, real good. Solid. I haven't seen him plant one that impressive since uh, Phoenix tried to do a, a top rope Spanish fly and they both landed on their feet and he just stared Phoenix down. That was the last time I saw him like like impressively stick one that hard. It yeah, was... uh, Gazi in chat does say he's an anime character who has escaped into the real world. Like that would explain why he talks so much shit on Twitter. Yeah, see, I had never <laughs> seen, uh, I'd never watched Osprey, so you guys were like, "Oh yeah," and he hit the Stormbreaker and got the pin. I'm like, "Okay, cool, that's his finish." And then I saw what the Stormbreaker is. Yeah, holy fuck! Mm-hmm. It was he the pulled first it off on Jeff Cobb. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the first time since uh, probably when I first saw the Canadian Destroyer where I saw a move and just went, what? Wait, but what? How did, what's he do? What? He's up there. Now they're spinning. Wait, now he's doing a cutter. Wait, now what the fuck? Oh, he's landed it. Oh, no. Uh, so, but uh, back to the Abushi bump. I do want to ask the question of, because uh, Twitter, everyone on Twitter had this argument. You guys are saying that Goldberg and Undertaker are all fucked up and you're making fun of them for fucking up that spot. But why is no one making fun of this? And then showing that Abushi clip and I'm like, because the match was good. It wasn't Goldberg backing up, hitting two spears and then two old men almost killing each other for 15 minutes. Right. And not almost killing each other in a good match way, but in a way that's like, for the whole match, I was legitimately concerned for someone's safety. Mm-hmm. At least in the other match, I was like, oh, that one spot was rough. I hope he's okay. Okay, they're letting him keep go. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. going. He's going. You saw it, and like, unlike with, with – so it was the fact that when the botch happened in the, the Taker-Goldberg match, you were legitimately concerned. And in the Ibushi, like, Naito match, you were concerned, but you were also like 90% sure that Ibushi was just going to get up and walk it off. Like some kind of like goddamn and like legitimate anime character, which yeah. he kind of did. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See, with me, I, I didn't watch it out of just because. Well, for me, it was the hey, I'm not supporting the Saudi government, but also because I knew the show was going to be bad. And at one point, I just looked down at my phone. I get a message from my dad saying they need to stop. It's not good. <laughs> They're gonna <laughs> die. And I'm like, I'm so- what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, take her and Goldberg, and then. I watched it, and for a split second, I forgot what the jackhammer was. Because he picks him up, and I'm like, oh, he just didn't get, like, enough rotation on the suplex. Then I remembered, like, oh, wait a minute. It's not just that. It's a suplex into a body slam. And Goldberg did a full-on brain buster to Undertaker in front of five billion Saudis. Brain buster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not to mention... Goldberg did the thing where he hits his head before he comes down and he was bleeding. <laughs> Only and to they bleed that more. he had a concussion? Or maybe not. I well, can't... no, no. He, didn't, he wasn't concussed from uh, hitting a locker in the back with his dome oh, one too many no, times. No, he was concussed when Undertaker just spiked him and he bounced. Mm-hmm. And apparently they got into an argument after the show and a lot of people were like, oh, it's probably because of the botch or because Goldberg wasn't like... He was trying to push through despite having a concussion. My theory is the fact that Undertaker's always been a locker room leader. And Goldberg disrespected his locker room by walking over to one of them bad boys and headbutting it one too many times. And Taker was like, 
You touched my lockers. You that will rest. my locker. That's my locker, boy. You got blood on my favorite <laughs> hat. You got blood on my master lock. See, that whole uh, show, like, I, I was on the WWE Instagram. And you know how before, like, big pay-per-views, they'll show backstage, like, Seth Rollins getting ready to burn it down. And it shows Seth, like, jumping and looking excited to go out. Every single clip they showed of a superstar before the show looked so fucking sad. I have never seen a more, like, morose bunch of motherfuckers than everyone backstage at Super Showdown. A, because they probably didn't want to be there in the first place, and then B, because they were performing in 102 degree weather. That they then decided to put... 50 motherfuckers in one ring, essentially making a space heater. You could put a Tatina's pizza in the middle of that ring and do the battle royal, and by the end, it would be baked, and the winner gets the Totino's pizza. That sounds utterly horrible. So, like, you need to understand there's also the bright lights, which add, like, you know, you guys are staged. Yeah, they had, like, five, mm-hmm. ten oh, yeah. degrees. So Taker and Goldberg were performing in, like, 112-degree heat. Oh, yeah, easily. Which, so there's no way they were in good enough shape for that. Mm-hmm. Which, no, in a normal were, venue, it'd still be rough. Within five minutes. Yeah, in a normal venue, it would be rough <laughs> to see those two. In 103 degree weather? No. They would melt into a pile. Mm-hmm. And the Battle Royal And they thing, did. Yeah, and the Battle Royal thing... I'm fine with letting the Saudi guy get put over. I, I, I liked it. He's a, from what I saw online, he's a really awesome guy. I think he worked for Hood Slam. He's like a really awesome dude. But why not, in the lead up to the show, promote him to where people on Twitter aren't like, who the fuck is this random guy that they've gotten to come in instead of, instead you can have people being like, oh yeah, he did it. You mean like the Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. <laughs> that was my f- I loved the promo they did on the, I think it was the Road to Fighter Fest. Was it Road to Fighter Fest or on... Um, no, it was... Uh, no, it was um, Being the Elite? Yeah. Yeah. The well, Dark Order? Yeah. The Dark Order, and the opening of the promo was them being like, they had no idea who we were, but that's perfectly fine. And then, like, all of Uno's minions are running around all mm-hmm. over him. I'm like, okay. You, you forgot okay. how good a promo Uno was, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, that man can, is that man is that man is gifted. Uh, can I just say how happy I am that I can g- get to watch Fighter Fest for free? Oh yeah, yeah. I love Dylan was bragging last week, like I get to go see Fighter Fest, and then this week everyone can see Fighter Fest for free. Fuck. Okay, fine. I. I get to see Joey Janela die live in person. You can't, you can't put a price on that. <laughs> well, we get to go see a Joey Janela fight Mance Warner, which is probably going to be less of a match and more of two guys just drinking beer in a ring for fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh Joey man, Janela I really hope they mic. just Joey gets on the mic. So this is really weird. <laughs> God damn it! Oh. Then Mance kicks up. I asked for a fucking beer like an hour ago. Could someone bring one out? Swear to God. (laughs) And then fat-ass Masa runs out and throws them beers, and then they start chugging, and that's it. They try... Masa tried to get them beers. It just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, one of my favorite things to come out of this week, 
of WWE absolute garbage is the fact that Mojo Rawley had a gimmick that looked like it would be intriguing. Like, he's looking in the mirror, and he's doing these, like, The Rock Instagram promos to himself of, like, you gotta believe in yourself. You gotta wake up. Clang and bang. Clang and bang. And then, it like, the mirror starts shattering and breaking apart, and it's like, oh, his psyche is breaking apart, and he's gonna have, like, this, this scattered, almost crazy man gimmick. He literally came out, on main event, obviously, and was just like, I got cool face paint. Fuck you guys. And then got in the ring. And that was his entire reason. <laughs> like, there's no character development. It's just, this looks cool. Yeah. It's good shit. <laughs> it's such That's good, good shit. shit. Oh, man. I want you to know, that is going on, like, the list of IWC, like, just go-to fucking phrases. Oh, yeah, it's such good shit. Like, that's probably... I don't know if the Wrestling Observer Newsletter could do a quote of the year, but quote of the year goes to Vince McMahon for such good shit. Mm. And then, of course, the only real good shit to happen on Raw was, of course, Firefly Funhouse, where this one was easily the most fucked up. I know most people were like, oh yeah, the one where he has the creepy clown mask. This one, he hit a rabbit with a hammer and then ate its guts. And I sold it. I didn't watch this week. Oh, you didn't watch it? Okay, do you want me to spoil it, or? Oh no, I read it. I just, like, haven't. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I he... read a summary, and then I was just like, you know what? I'm good. That's enough, That's enough wrestling for today. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled over. That's all I needed. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Oddly enough, that was the uh that was the line. <laughs> that was the breaking point of he murders a rabbit and then eats its guts. It's okay, he'll probably be back next week, right? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Apparently is immortal. Oh yeah, dude, my my maintaining is this is all in Bray's psyche, and they're all in like this horrifying state of limbo. So like the rabbit's constantly getting killed and revived and eaten for its like guts. And you like, mean the one that rambles? Yes, the rambling rabbit. And then, like, um, uh, oh shit, what's her name? Abby. Sister Abigail. Yes, Sister Abigail. It, the quote she had a few weeks ago where she's like, why won't you let me rest? Just let me rest. And it's just like, oh god, this is limbo and Bray is keeping his sister here because I he's mean, afraid like, to... I mean, when he painted the uh, the picture of the Wyatt family compound burning down, her face is just there. Yeah, she's like, "What the fuck?" Okay, I see how it is. Um, also, you need to let me. You need to let me sleep, Bray. Bray, Bray, Bray. I'm please. dead, bro, bro, bro. Please, if you could. Also, um, WWE Network news. One of my favorite things and least favorite things to ever know happened this week because the Riot Squad did a table with for three. Because at this point, WWE Network is kind of like a bad YouTube channel where like. Like, every few months, they're like, oh, yeah, we had this show. Let's just do that show really quick again. So they did a table for three with the Riot Squad. And in the middle of it, they were talking about the pitch for the Riot Squad to come out. And the scariest sentence ever came out of Ruby Riot's mouth, which was, well, apparently, Vince had just seen Suicide Squad. And he wanted a Joker, a Harley Quinn, and a Beast to come up to the main roster. Oh, boy. 
And I'm like, this was the best possible thing to get out of Vincing Suicide Squad. Things could have went, like, a whole lot worse. It could have been, like, Brock Lesnar's Reign of Terror continuing, and then, like, one week Baron Corbin comes out and is like, Vince has sent me to assemble a Suicide Squad of sorts. It's me, Drew McIntyre. Like, they get all the heels together to fight Brock Lesnar, and they call themselves the Suicide Squad. But luckily, instead, we get the Riot Squad, which was infinitely better. Y'all remember a few years ago when Shane came back and it was great? Yeah, that lasted until the end of the Taker match. And then I was like, oh, this bullshit. I forgot he can't work. Yeah. He threw his, he threw his shitty little noodle punches. Shitty yeah. little punches. Well, it was just like good. Roddy, just like Roderick Strong's shitty little boots. <laughs> well, it, in my opinion, it was good because you had... A baby face, like, main main person. So you had Shane, and then you had your heel in the form of Stephanie. Then they just decided to make all the McMahons heels again. And so, now we're in this weird fugue state where Shane McMahon is just the worst human being on the planet. He's taking over Baron Corbin's spot is the worst thing about wrestling this year. Hey, guys. I want you to know that from this raw on, everything's going to be different. We're putting the power in our fans' hands. And then got worse. <laughs> it got so much worse. I love how everybody that's not in the WWE, thanks to thanks to John Moxley, is just shitting on the. Like, Aries Spears just came out. It was just like, oh, I, I told Vince McMahon before I left that he was insulting his fans' intelligence. Mm-hmm. Batiste has come out and it's just like it's a tedious process that got way worse. Uh, just like everybody is just like steaming just like loads of shell of the WWE creative process. Do you think this is is like Moxley was probably the catalyst for it. And I'm interested is it's because of like the culture that we live in now where it's a lot more okay for people to just be like, yeah, this is the shit that went down and I need to tell somebody about it. Um, it's, I think it's more of a thing. So like, like the real catalyst for it, I'm pretty sure it was punk because before punk, like a main, like high end superstar hadn't really like just come out and been like, here's all the horrible shit that happened during my time there. But like, but I think it's different because even though he did straight up bury like WWE, Moxley was like, Moxley did it more articulate because Moxley didn't do it from like a I'm bitter part. No, no, no. I feel like like so that was the thing that set it up that you could do it maybe. And then Moxley was like, no, you should. You should do it. Like mm-hmm. it's not bitter. It's not whatever. You're trying to like bring to light so that maybe we can change this place for the better one day. Ah, uh, I think that. Spoiler: You can't. No, not until Vince is gone. Vince ain't leaving. No, he ain't. He's so, gonna he's gonna be there until the day that football takes him to the grave. Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, I need your I need your TNT login. <laughs> my my TNT like okay, I'll find a way to do that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need that after. I don't need to watch AEW the day <laughs> of, but I need to watch it the day after. So you can watch day of, and then I'll just catch the replay. I just yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. Like I reached a point this week where I'm like. They said AEW would be a beneficial thing for both. And this is what I believe. It would be a beneficial thing for both parties. Because competition breeds excellence. 
No, it ain't though. It ain't though, dog. It's making it a lot on TV yet. So like once that happens, then reality mm-hmm. sets in. Yeah, yeah. But you know where uh, reality never sets in? In the fun house. And the psyche and the fun house on patreon.com slash a load of BS. The website where you can support the entire BS network, including the Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen. And you get access to our exclusive Discord. You hang out. You chat with us. Every single time we go live, you get a notification straight through the Discord. So you can hang out and chat with us when we go live as well. And in addition to that, you get access to our exclusive show, You Paid for This, where me and Blake watch... Really, really garbage movies, and then commentate over them like Mystery Science Theater 3000. And of course, last time we were joined by Dylan to talk about Ready to Rumble, and that went about as well as you thought it would, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, in addition to all of... Hold on, wait, hold on. What am I forgetting? I've done this so many times. How have I forgotten? The Discord. The... Oh, that's right. You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. Oh, yeah. Like that absolute asshole in the chat, Gazi. You... Like Gazi, Gazi, who did just suggest we needed to shoot Vince. <laughs> you wonder why we tell this boy to fuck off so often, and then you bring ideas like this to the table. He's not Jimmy Havoc. He's not gonna like. This ain't a beneficial thing. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'll is? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say what's beneficial to us is, of course, did it in dust watch, but. <laughs> We're not doing Dust Watch. We've been over this. <laughs> no, that's just the general idea for it now. It's just Dust Watch. Okay. We... Are you going to tweet at Marco Stunt and see if we can actually get... Mm-hmm. Um, hey, guys, real quick. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to the the sugar bear thing? Oh, yeah. Buy some Golden Crisp, fucks. Anyways. Yep. All right. That covers us for the last six weeks. <laughs> Adding you just let it die? At Xavier um, Woods, PhD, how much money to come hang out with us at DragonCon? <laughs> Hashtag RT and follow. Now it sounds like you're propositioning them. No, I'm just like, I want them to come hang out with I us. I don't know, how much golden crisp? How much <laughs> How much golden crisp to hang out with us? Yeah, do that. He might, because that's, that's quirky enough, he might actually, like... Like, I'm talking number of bowls, baby. I know that um, Big E could put him away. Hashtag Creed Watch 2019. What's yeah, that? I got a... As someone who works behind the scenes with Dragon Con, I did get the first draft of our schedule, and I can tell you nothing other than the fact that the BS boys will be there. That's it. So I'm just going to be like, hey, Woods, you want to come hang out and do something at some certain time? So we can't talk about when we're going up? No, we can't talk about literally anything about this. We can't even say what we're doing. But it's a show that involves me and Blake. So narrow it down. Narrow it down a little bit. I'm so glad that I'm not a part of this. Oh, yeah, because as as bad as you thought drunk Blake was in Vegas, Dragon Con... At one I'm, point, Blake, I'm going to have to just leave you and let you I'm, go on your own spirit journey. And then when you, like, you arrive the next day and you're like, I saw my dad and he was a wolf. What? 
mean, didn't that happen to you last time at Dragon Con? Look, my thing about Dragon Con, and also this is still a wrestling podcast, but my thing about Dragon Con is it's kind of like Fight Club. Your first night, you have to get alcohol poisoning, and that's just what happens every year. We're just going to cut this part. (laughs) I don't want to do that again. Going on the heels and faces. Yep, that's... Um, The heel this week is Dragon Con. The heel this week is the alcoholism that Dragon Con causes. The heel this week are you motherfuckers for leaving me in Vegas and talking shit about Mm -hmm. me. Uh, Dylan, I'll I'll leave the floor to you to go with your heels and faces while I come up with my baby face of the week. Um, So my face of the week is actually uh, AEW's uh, production team. Okay, uh, so we'll, we'll this, shorten that to Brandon Cutler. <laughs> uh, this week's uh, Fighter Fest, Road to Fighter Fest, yeah, put over uh, Darby Allen and Joey Janela. Like massively good promos, great production work on it. Yeah, like I mean, Aries Spears showed up, or Sean Spears showed up too. Uh, yeah, you called him Aries Spears earlier, and I'm like, isn't that a comedian? <laughs> Why is, is he talking about it WWE? Black He's a black comedian, too, which makes it even funnier. But he did appear, I think, on an episode of Raw, so it works out. Okay. Uh, back in the hilarious. But yeah, so Sean Spears, nobody really gave a shit about him. Um, but like Darby Allen talking about his shit, that was really <laughs> good. And then Joey Janela just cut this great, this great, like, fucking morgue promo or like freaking like uh viewing like there's a casket and everything and like he just goes on this rant and it was the best i've never been more hyped for a match oh yeah yeah. and then off of that um i'm I'm slowly gaining more respect for because like i'm back in a a state that i haven't been in in a like almost five years now in a state where i'll just go on youtube and watch like indie wrestling clips and i watched him versus the invisible man in Mm -hmm. what wasn't a ladder match at first and then at one point, Joey just sets up a ladder in the ring and just goes, how long has that invisible title been there? Let's go! And starts climbing up. That's good. That was good. I, uh, another um, one just I'm really... I'm really sad that I'll never see Joey Janela versus Kota Ibushi in like a DDT-style match. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. Uh, another, uh, just off topic really quickly, another match I watched with my wife and child. You know, she's... She understands wrestling as a sport, so she understands, like, okay, they're fighting, and whoever gets the upper hand... Your wife or your child? Well, no, the child child loves DDT, so the child loves, like, that goofy shit. Um, But no, so she understands it as, like, a legitimate sport and what that is. I made the mistake of showing her Orange Cassidy versus Joey Ryan. <laughs> and there, there's a solid two-minute spot in that match where Joey's just trying to pry Orange's hands out of his pockets and put mm-hmm. them on his dick, and she's just staring at the screen like, what the fuck is my husband showing me right now? And I'm like, this is good wrestling, Man, honey. I love how, A, I loved when they started posting all these Orange Cassidy gifts on the internet. B, I loved when people got pissed off about it because... He was being a comedy wrestler. And see, I loved when, like, the rest of the internet rebuttaled by, like, yep. no, he's a good fucking wrestler. He just doesn't need it because he's that good. I actually had to break down intelligently why Orange Cassidy works. Because somebody, and this is rare on Twitter, someone was like, okay, this is a thing that happened. Someone explained to me why this is good. And it was just like the Orange Cassidy slow, the slow kick spot. I think it was his match against Jervis. 
and I just broke it down. I'm like, what's most indie wrestling? It's very fast-paced. It's full of athleticism and flips. And his character is just the antithesis of that. He is coming out and being everything you don't expect to see in a wrestling ring. And he's it's the lowest fu- effort you can. He's he's <laughs> you at your minimum wage job. <laughs> Yeah. Bare minimum, just trying to make it through. Yeah, and that and that's why it's fucking hilarious, is because it's the exact opposite of what you expect to see someone in the wrestling ring do. Anyways, mm-hmm. Blake, what's your heel or face this week? Um, my, I, didn't even, I didn't even get to give my heel. Scotty just took that time for himself. Like, what? No, let's. How about this? We'll do all heels and then we'll do all baby faces, so we can end. Well, on I just a did a up. face, so you're you're already wrong. No, damn it. Yeah. Who's your face of the week, Blake? Oh fuck! I don't know who my face. I had my heel. All right, I'm, I'll come back to you on. I'll do my baby face first, and I'll okay. let you think. My baby face of the week is um, it, it's a Twitter person because I've never seen him wrestle a match. He's apparently done matches against David Arquette. He's done a lot of matches out in California, but he's also the funniest fucking person on Twitter, and it's RJ City. RJ mm-hmm. City is the best person at Twitter. Like, he out he outclasses Becky. He outclasses everybody. Like, the other day, he posted just a one-minute video called How to Cut a Promo. And he was just like, first step of any promo is ask the question the interview just asked you. Just ask it again. Like, three times in a row. And then get real mad. And then he keeps breaking down all kinds of cliches and it's fucking hilarious. So yeah, RJ City gets baby face of the week for me. Alright, I know who my baby face is. And then it is also a man whose name begins with R. And that is R Truth. Uh, oh yeah. Because in every I've watched maybe three things in wrestling for like the past three weeks. And it's always whatever the fuck like um Bray Wyatt's getting up to in his Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. If there's any like good promos or anything that I need to see like the New Day or something. Mm-hmm. And three is whatever the fuck is happening with this garbage 24-7 European championship now. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I feel like at this point, that championship only exists as a vehicle to have our truth on the show more. And Carmella, don't forget Carmella. And Carmella. Mm-hmm. Mella is money. Well. Those two make a, a, an amazing team that you never would have thought would, like, happen. Yeah. And any time, it's even got me like, okay, this is where gender needs to be in the world on this on this show. This is what he needs to be doing because it's actually funny and entertaining to watch him do his horrible mm-hmm. Carmella impression while locking our truth in a big blue box and then shipping him off to Raw next yeah. week on, on Tuesday night. That means he's going to be in that box for fucking six days he he's really changing what we thought the mahal character was it's really breaking gender norms and i appreciate that on wrestling nowadays (laughs) fucking love it (laughs) thank you (laughs) oh okay um also when you said firstly my first, my favorite thing to come out of the R-Truth bullshit this week was there was a photo taken of him in the airplane bathroom after winning the title back, fist bumping the title, like, yeah, I won you back. And WWE posted, like, that's a weird thing to happen with a championship. And the Hurricane <laughs> retweeted it with the caption, that's not the worst thing that's ever happened to a title. 
and that's it. <laughs> I'm like, you're employed by them now, Shane. You can't do this anymore. Apparently, he can. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was vague enough about it yeah. that you that you have to be the one that draws the conclusion. Then he's like, "Oh, the jizz." Yeah, it's on par with the "Don't get all rated R like your boy Xavier Woods." You've got to put the pieces together. They just put him on the table. Uh, mm-hmm. But but when you said that your baby face was also starting with R, I thought you were going to say R.D. Evans, because ever since he got released from WWE, all he's been doing is posting, uh, basically making fun of when Cody got released and made the list of like, I want to face this guy and this guy, and I want to be in Bola and fa- be in Bullet Club. <laughs> um, he released a list similar, and at the bottom was a grocery list, and there was only one name, and it said Orange Cassidy, and it was the only thing. And mm-hmm. so he's been releasing a, like a series of videos where it's him like talking to Jimmy Jacobs about writing and stuff like that, and all of it's coming back to how bad he wants to fight Orange Cassidy. Well, they mm-hmm. just announced today that he has been booked against Orange Cassidy for a championship match somewhere in like Massachusetts, I think, and I cannot wait to see that shit. Because R.D. Evans was probably one of the most underrated comedy wrestlers of, like, our era. Like, the Archibald Peck shit in Shikara was the best. Him versus Chuck in... I can't remember what year it was, but it was Chuck Taylor and Archibald Peck. I'm gonna drown him. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) they're fighting around this massive arena, and Chuck... It's not a massive arena, it's a fucking bingo hall, literally. It's, yeah, yeah, and Chuck drags Archibald up to a painting, and he just screams, I'm gonna drown him, and then throws Archibald at the lake in the painting. It was such... That was good, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good match, but, uh... Back to heels of the week. So now apparently instead of ending positive, we're going to end negative. My heel of the week is not a heel for a bad reason. He's a heel in my mind because he needs to be booked as a heel. And I don't understand why he's not. And it's Matthew fucking Riddle. Because every <laughs> everything he posted during that Goldberg Whoa. match, I, I agreed with him. Yes, Goldberg's a terrible wrestler. But he just came off like the biggest dick in the entire world. Like, he's just leaning into the camera like, yeah, Goldberg, nice knee bar, bro. Come on, man, fuck off. And then, like, at the end of... They made him take down the video where he was like, what I tell you, Goldberg, you're the worst wrestler of all time. And he's such a little shit. And I'm like, Vince, he doesn't need to be a baby face. Make him this Jay and Silent Bob motherfucker who just wrecks shit. Oh, if he had a Silent Bob, man. I don't I know. know. But Montez, Montez Ford is taken. <laughs> you know what? They haven't teamed Cesaro up with anyone new. No. Yes. Let's, let's reverse that. <laughs> Cassiusono. Cassiusono in a backwards baseball cap and a trench coat, just hanging out with Matt Riddle, but he doesn't say anything. But he still wears the basketball shorts. Yeah. And now exactly. they and now they deal drugs. <laughs> yeah. They Next deal the quick elbows. I, I know this is a new version of the APA. Fuck, this is That's okay. Good. I hate that we started this as a joke and it became the tag team I never knew I wanted of Matt Riddle and Cassiusono. Just these two, like, cool fucking dudes who come out, they're dealers, they deal elbows, and they beat the shit out of dudes in the ring with just, like, great technical wrestling. <clears throat> they would I be called... Dylan's <laughs> like, anyways! 
My heel of the week is WWE for once again having a Saudi Arabia show. Uh-huh. Uh, and having and them it, for 10 more years. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me look at my watch. At that's that not show. Let me look at my watch. That's now three weeks in a row where Vince McMahon was a heel of the week or WWE, one of the two. But um, my heel of the week is the doctor that let Goldberg perform after he did bust his brain open uh, at the bad show. At the show that was paid for by trash people. By Blood Bunny. Um, although a secret baby face is um, the, uh, the, the actual citizens that got to see the show. So that's nice. They had yeah. kids and stuff there. The, that's what everybody was saying. Because, like, the first Saudi Arabia show where they had, like, nothing but Saudi royalty in the front row and they were very quiet and subdued. Garbage. But apparently everyone at this show were, like, on their feet going crazy. It was amazing. I heard it was much more high energy. Also, um, another heel of the week is um, WWE's production team because the uh, they made it seem like it was okay when I saw the promo packages for the Saudi Arabia show. And I'm like, hmm. I know whose bloody hands paid for that. <laughs> Um, and my, I'm glad that you like that people enjoyed it and loved it, and that you were able to spin it that way. But I still know. Yeah, my uh, also I'll have a new. Uh, if everyone else is popping in new heels of the week, mine's the WWE shop team. Because <clears throat> as a man who does design T-shirts and merchandise for our shit, seeing that they designed that mason jar of Ramblin' Rabbit marmalade or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's a funny thing for Firefly Funhouse. And then they just went, all right, take that image and just put it on a fucking shirt. Don't do anything about it. Don't adjust anything. Just slap it on that fucking (laughs) shirt, baby. And we're going to be good. This summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading Robo. Penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for mm-hmm. a podcast, I think. And we're just gonna be here to have a good time. And talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut BS. <laughs> good, good, uncut. So, boys, we've talked WWE, unfortunately. We've talked AEW. We've talked New Japan. But I think everybody here knows that the best professional wrestling in the world, you don't got to travel to Connecticut, you don't got to travel to Japan, you just got to go down the road to Birmingham, Alabama for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by the man who survived Vegas, grabbed it by its balls, and made it his bitch. It's Captain Tibbs. Twice in a row I get that reference. I'm good. I still live in Vegas now. That's right, Tibbs. And let me tell you something. We are on the road to our next great pay-per-view, JWF Foot 
foot stomps. Foot boys? What was it called again, Tibbs? I... What? Is it not... Is it not back pay? No, no, no. The ne- th- That was the one after that. This one's the uh, foot fetish one you came up with. Oh. Uh, foot smushers. Oh, uh, that's right. JWF foot smushers. Tibbs, we cannot call it foot smushers. Can we call it smushing space? Toe jam and Earl. JWF toe jam coming soon. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. We've already got some amazing matches lined up, and we've got a match right now that's been announced. Momoa Curry has agreed to the Dillon's challenge last week. He wants to face off against the Lord of the Smart Side for the JWF Championship. I mean, this is going to be an amazing match, Tibbs. What do you think? Yeah, it's probably going to be fine. I mean, I like them both. A lot more dick-based. I've always seen this match before, Sills. Well, Tibbs, not only that, let's not forget Momoa Curry. He fought tooth and nail. He won the Regal Rumble to finally get back that JWF championship. But let's not forget who he lost that championship to originally. He lost it to the Dillon two years ago. You got to think that's going to be playing into his psyche heading into this match. But of course, heading to our ring right now is the man known as the Lord of the Smart Side, the Dylan, and I'm sure he's got a lot to say to Momoa Curry. So let's have a listen. Now I know in a lot of ways I shouldn't be where I am right now. This year hasn't exactly been kind to me. I've been on a bit of a losing streak, haven't been able to get things on track the way I wanted But the thing is, is that when you look around, it all seems a little familiar, doesn't it? 2019's feeling like 2017. Momoa Curry's scratching and clawing, holding on to the belt that he has. Another legendary run from the man himself. And then all of a sudden, I show up. An unknown before, well-known now. And while I might be down, I'm not out. If I was able to end a three-year streak of Momoa Curry, what do you think I'm going to do now? See, I might have been beaten several times. You see, I still am better than I was two years ago. And I am more than willing to prove it to Momoa Curry. Because once you've risen as high as I've risen. Captain's champion, JWF champion. Being at the bottom again hurts. The only way to rise up, the only way to ascend back to my rightful place in this company is the same way I did it two years ago. Through Momoa Curry. Oh, and Tibbs, there it is, the music of Momoa Curry, the god of the JWF, coming out to respond to the Dylan. And Tibbs, Momoa, he's applauding the Lord of the Smart Side. All right, let's hear what Momoa's got to say. Look, Dylan, it seems you've got a lot to prove out here, and I can sympathize with that, really. I can tell you're hungry for a shot at redemption, hungry for a shot to prove yourself. And I was in that same spot just a few short months back. I had to prove myself to the JWF once again after a long winning streak just like you. And I did it by winning 
the JWF Championship at Wrestlepalooza, the stage of stages, but I still have a whole hell of a lot to prove in this company, but so do you. So you know what? I don't care if you're on a losing streak. I don't care if you're supposed to be at the back of the line. I care about redemption. So at JWF Toe Jam, I'm going to give you exactly that. A shot at redemption. And that shot begins tonight as you face off against this man. Tibbs! Tibbs, it's the former number one contender. It's the Hammer Man. Shut up. It's the Hammer Man. He's back. He's back in all his glory. Look at his big hammer hand. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, let's not forget that Dylan had a long and storied rivalry with the Hammer Man. He was the first to expose to the world the Hammer Man's identity as Travis Clouds. And of course, let's not forget, Momoa knows the Hammer Man just as well, facing him in an amazing match at the Cash in the Bag pay-per-view, Tibbs. So let me tell you something. I I know that Dylan thinks he's gotten good. But the Hammer Man has been amazing this previous year. I mean, do you think that Dylan's going to have that shot at redemption tonight? Or is the Hammer Man going to take that spot? Well, I think he's... There's always a shot for redemption, but I, when you're going up against the Hammer Man, that's, that's a heavy mountain to climb. That's right, Tibbs. And speaking of heavy mountains to climb, let's talk about the JWF Tag Team Championships and the number one contenders, the team of Guy Fieri and Scott Moore, the team known as the Snack Daddies, who survived a gauntlet of amazing competitors in a JWF Tag Team Tournament to come out on the other side and face off against the BS. And last week, Tibbs, the BS, they had some words for the Snack Daddies. Tibbs, what did you think about it? I mean, Scotty Moore, he disrespected his father in the ring, called him less than a man. I mean, how do you, I mean, you've got a son in wrestling. How did that make you feel? Well, so it was obviously their relationship is very different than the loving, compassionate relationship I have with my son, Chuck Tibbs, the best boy that I think has ever, ever existed in the world, who has always been part of the family to me and has never, ever ever, ever, ever betrayed me. That's, that's alright, Tibbs. Ever. Okay. But but you know something, Tibbs? I think Scott Moore's got some words for his son. Guy Fieri's got some words for the BS, so we sent one of our top interviewers backstage to have a word with the BS. So let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Don McDonald's here with the number one contenders to the JWF Tag Team Championships, the Snack Daddies. Now, I've got to ask you two, the BS have made it exceedingly clear over the past few months how much of a non-entity they consider you in this tag team division. I mean, they consider you a joke, a fluke. How do you respond to the claims of the BS? All right, look, McDonald's. I'm more than willing to be underrested, underestimated by those two. It's not the first time in old Guy Fieri's career where someone stood across from me in this ring and considered me a joke. And I get it. I come out to the ring. I like to have fun. I call myself the king of Flavortown. But as soon as that bell rings, they learn very quickly that I'm much less than a joke. And they learn how serious they need to take me. 
But you see, the underestimation of the BS, that underestimation, that's going to lead me to the same place it's led me in the past. I became a former JWF Tag Team Champion because of that kind of underestimation. I became a two-time King of the Steel City because of that underestimation. I made my mark in this company by stomping on the backs of those that underestimate me. And me and Scott are going to do the same thing to the BS when we steal those JWF titles away from them at JWF Toe Jam. Well, those are some excellent words, Mr. Fietti, but to be honest with you, I'd like to have a word with Scott. Now, Mr. Moore, last week, your son, Scotty, he made this rivalry personal when he declared you a failure as a father, as a role model, even going so far as to say that you're not a man at all. How do you respond to your son's accusations? Well, I... I'd, um... I'd be lying if I said everything that my son said last week didn't hurt, but you need to understand I did everything for him to get where he is today. I did everything to make sure he ended up exactly where he wanted to be. I paid for the wrestling training. I stayed up late with him to help him learn his moves. I even helped him win the JWF Tag Team Championships a few years back. And as always, he returned that love, that passion that I have for my son. He returned it with hate, with vitriol. And you know, I used to be in a place, McDonald, where I grinned and I bared it, but I can't anymore. You know, they say you're supposed to love your child unconditionally. No matter what they do, no matter who they become, you're supposed to return those feelings with love. But I'm be honest, I don't love what my son has become. What he's had to do to get where he is. And it's for that reason that I'm going to remind Scotty Moore that I brought his ass into this world and I damn sure can take him out of it. Well, Tim certainly seems like Mr. Moore. He had some words for Scotty right there. And, and I don't know, th this rivalry is heating up like wildfire, Tim. Yeah, Scotty Moore said that his father wasn't a man. He wasn't always there to teach him the hard lessons. high. I don't know about that, Tim, because I think Scott Moore is about the hardest lesson a father can do a son. And that is death. Oh, okay, then Tim's going to have a murder in the middle of the ring, then that's fine. But before we, before we have to clean up the blood out of that ring, let's focus on our main event of the evening as the Dylan faces off against the Hammerman ahead of his headlining match at the Toe Jam pay-per-view. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. As these two men make their way to this ring, who have you got? Who do you think's going to come out of this victorious? Still, do you even have to ask? I, the Dylan, he's been on such a streak, a downward mobility streak recently. I, I know he's tried to turn his ways around, but he's just not been able to bring that fire, that passion, that hatred, that dick punch goodness. So I'm giving it to the hammer man, my boy. 
That's right, and the Hammerman and Dylan beginning the match off. A little bit of gentlemanness, uh, both of them shaking each other's hand, but ooh, quickly locking up in the center of the ring. Both men jockeying for position, and Dylan's got him in a headlock, just wearing down the body of the Hammerman. But ooh, Hammerman whips him against the ropes, backs up, and a beautiful heel kick from the Hammerman sends Dylan reeling to the outside, Tibbs. <laughs> and let me tell you something, I think you might be right, because the Hammerman is on a streak, bouncing off the ropes, and it goes for the... The Tope Suicida, but wait a minute! The Dylan catches him out of midair and a power bomb onto the hardest part of the ring apron, and I think the Hammer Man's back might be broke just off that tense. All right, God, that was a beautiful combination right there, Sims. That's right, Dylan rolling the Hammer Man back in, going for a quick pin. One, two, ooh, and Hammer Man just barely kicking out at two Tibbs. And Dylan, Dylan's getting that look in his eye, that focus, that focus that allowed him to win the JWF Championship the first time as he nails that headlock, just wearing down the body of the Hammerman. And Tibbs, let me tell you something, I think this is a wise move from the Dylan, the Hammerman known for bouncing around the ring, jumping on that top rope. If you keep him grounded, if you keep him settled into one spot, it may allow the Dylan to pick up that victory. What do you think? You know what, Sills, I think that... The Dylan has definitely scouted the Hammerman before. He knows that everything that the Hammerman needs to win, and Dylan is being a little bit clever right here. That's right, but it looks like the Hammerman, the crowd trying to will him back to his feet as the Hammerman stands and, oh, delivers a beautiful back suplex to the Dylan, bouncing off the ropes and a beautiful standing senton to the Dylan, going for that quick pin. One, two, ooh, and Dylan kicking out once again. But it looks like the Hammerman's focus. He is ready, calling for it, waiting for the Dylan to make it back to his feet. And there it is, the hammer boot slamming the sole of that foot straight into the skull of the Dylan. And Hammerman's climbing on that top rope. Tibbs, do you think we're going to see a hammer leg drop tonight? Sills, there's only one reason he'd go up there. That's right, pointing to the heavens, which is where he's going. But wait a minute! The Dylan grabbing the legs out from underneath the hammer man, crotching him on that top turnbuckle. And wait a minute. Looks like the Dylan's got him, leaning him over his shoulders, picking him up. And the Dylan's got him primed. He's got him ready for a little total destruction. Cracking the skull of the hammer man against the back of the knee, going for the pin. One, two, three. Three. And ladies and gentlemen, with that act of total destruction, the Dylan has made it clear that he is ready to take on Momoa Curry, that he is ready for redemption at Toe Jam. What do you think, Tim? I'm utterly impressed. No, I'm surprised. Come out of nowhere just like this. But there it is. The Dylan is good. That's right. Now, whoop. Whoop, Tim's. Tibbs, did you not pay the light bill? The lights are shut off. Uh-oh. Oh, but wait a minute. The lights are back on. And there they are. Mojo Gruff, the demon honeypot. I mean, we saw the Dylan face off against these two at the last pay-per-view. Do you think they still have some unfinished business with the Lord of the Smart Side, Tibbs? Oh, you already killed him. Why are you coming back for that which is dead? That's right. Both of them approaching the Dylan. But wait a minute. Honeypot turning around, grabbing the Hammerman by the throat, slamming him into the ground with a choke slam, and now Mojo Gruff going after the Hammerman, assaulting him as as Honeypot catapults Dylan out of the ring. What are they doing to the Hammerman, Tibbs? I don't know. This is 
This is just indescribable. There's no reason they should be attacking him. That's right. The voodoo man from the bayou looking enraged as he just decimates that masked man known as the Hammer Man. Do you think this may have been who he was referencing last week? The man who had denied his family, the man behind the mask. All signs point to the Hammer Man. But wait a minute. Honeypot's got him once again, picking him up, and oh my god, a beautiful choke breaker just slamming the body of the Hammerman over the knee of Honeypot as Mojo climbs to the top rope, and there it is, the Bayou Dive Tips. The Hammerman looks broken, beaten. We need to get a medical team out here. Somebody getting security too. That's right, Tibbs. So I guess we know. We know who the Hammerman... The Hammerman is being targeted by Mojo Gruff. But in order to find out what happens next with them, what happens next with the Dylan, and what happens next with the Tag Team Champions, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, Blakey T, it has been an episode, my boy, but I got to ask, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned that your daughter's first words were "Ooh, pretty lady mom <laughs> pretty lady mama and i learned that the only perfect tan and stand-up comedy is of course aries spears ladies and gentlemen so dylan can be found on twitter at dick and stormy blake where can they find you you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom, D-A-R-K-R-O-M-V-I-D-Y-A. You can also find me on the Sick Boy Corner because my throat's scratchy. And you can also find me on Twitter at ScottyMo. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. I've got our stream set up now to where we actually stream live to Twitch and we also stream live to Periscope. So if you follow me at ScottyMo or at Fight Boy Show, we actually are going to stream straight to there so you guys can just... Be on your Twitter, go to the top, and then Fight Boys will be waiting there whenever we go live, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure to check that out. Check out all the other shows online at a load of pure BS.com, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a load of BS, which is returning after I'm coming off of my long paternity leave that happened before I had the baby. And of you course, mean uh, when we went to Vegas. Yeah, the, the Vegas paternity leave is what that is. And of course, remember to support the show, whether that be on Patreon or by picking up merch. But if we can't do that, we understand. Just leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got a lot of fun stuff coming out for you over there, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, you can find us at a littlepurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.littlepurebs.com. Find us on Facebook. Donate to the Patreon. Subscribe on YouTube. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys show chuck taylor because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life